what I liked about Adam's friction audit is like whatever business, figure out the friction that's happening in the business and let's try to get rid of that friction. Sometimes being stuck, you just gotta wait on the Lord. I think one of the first things you should think about is whether or not a current type of stuck you may be it may just be the fact that you need to wait on mm -hmm. the Lord. Good day and welcome to the Consultant the Coach podcast. I'm here with my good buddy, Josh. How are you, man? Hey, awesome. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Getting through another book. Absolutely love this. You're a consultant. I'm an executive coach. Over 40 years of experience. We do this to empower other leaders. Basically help you run your business, mm -hmm. uh, expand your ministry, whatever that looks like. So going through another book today, we've, we've talked with Adam Alter. We have uh, last week's podcast was the book review of Anatomy of a Breakthrough. And now today we're diving into what, what does it look like if we were to apply this book to business? Mm -hmm. As you're consulting with other businesses out there, hey, they call you, they hire you to say, hey, Josh, come help fix our business. So mm -hmm. the business application for Anatomy of a Breakthrough. So what, uh, what devotion do you have for us this morning? Well, so funny enough, as a consultant, this is probably contrary to what I normally recommend. So this is funny. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you to explain that. Then. But, okay. All right. Psalm 40, 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth and a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And I think I know why you chose that, but why did you choose that? Well, <laughs> I chose that because sometimes being stuck, you just got to wait on the Lord. And mm -hmm. it's not a great answer, and it's not the one they pay me as a consultant to give them. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like that, that's not what I would do as a consultant. But I think one of the first things you should think about as a leader is whether or not a current particular type of stuck you may be, again, similar to the last one, but different, may just be the fact that you need to wait on mm -hmm. the Lord. I had this actually sense really recently, there was some stuff going on, and, and I had a sense of like, okay, I should maybe I should just not be in a rush to fill up an opening in my portfolio. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't be, should be in a rush to fill this up. Maybe I should just wait. And I, I hate that feeling. Mm -hmm. And um, can, I can I tell a little bit of your story? And we'll strike this from the record if this isn't appropriate. But so you have a consulting <laughs> client. This should be you, fun. you have a consulting client that I'm very aware of. You've been talking to me about yeah, him a little yeah. bit. And you've done such a good job taking care of their problems. They're dropping your hours. Right, right, right. right. And so now you have an opening and you're like, well, crumb. Yeah. Now we have an opening, but you have an opening because you took care and fixed their problem. Well, yeah, but then, so, so what happened was I was feeling the sense of like, maybe I should, um, you know, just wait uh -huh. and, uh, well, that seems silly, but then, um, but then this investment opportunity came up. That's a way to both support a nonprofit and, a and also serve a community mm -hmm. and also make a little bit of money. And that's un completely off the radar, just like <laughs> fell in my lap. So now I got to do diligence this whole deal for a next month or two while I have now time on my hands. And there's because... an anatomy of what those look like. You just yeah. don't do just, it. Just now, for Christ so now so this podcast is geared towards you know Christian business leaders, and one of the things I run into, and it, I kind of sometimes want to pull my hair out sometimes, is there are a few Christians out there. They would just say, "I don't need to read anything. I'm just going to trust God, and I'm just going to wait." And there is an aspect of that mm -hmm. when something happens, God show me. Show me the way. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. But on the other side, God's not saying, 
don't read great books like Anatomy of a Break Great Anatomy of a Breakthrough. We need to read. We need to do our re- research, or even this current thing. It's like, hey, do your due diligence, Josh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what does that look like? But it's a both and. Don't just do that, and don't pray and wait on the Lord. Right. I believe. It's a both and. Yeah. We need to be doing both at the same time. Well, and that's and that's the calling. Actually, I was listening to a <clears throat> Tim Keller sermon. If you don't listen to his sermons, it's a good space to go for spiritual insights. But he was talking, and they're about, all free right now too. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Awesome. great. Um, but he was talking in her sermon years ago now, but it was just recently put out on their uh, podcast um, station, and uh, he was talking about um, this idea that all of our resources come from God. We have to recognize that. And we're called to work for said resources. So we, we are called to... God actually gives us the opportunity to participate in the working out mm-hmm. of those resources. Now, at the same time, we have to hold in both hands this loosely held notion that we did much of anything, if really nothing other than joining God in the provision of those resources. But I think in, in American culture tends to be most business leaders, at least I work with, fall on the side of, oh, look, I did so much stuff. That very few fall on the side that you described, which is, oh, I'm just going to wait patiently on the Lord and it'll not read any books and things will just sort of happen. And if you're successful in business, usually that's not the error you're prone to make. <laughs> exactly. It, it's a both end. <laughs> we need to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Anatomy of a Breakthrough by Adam Alter, uh, he's written several books and this is his most current book, How to Get Unstuck When It Matters Most. And one of the so we're talking business application, and we've previously touched on it. What I really liked about the book, and we've talked about this, is the friction audit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what does that look like? You go into a business, and I love Christian businesses, but sometimes I almost feel like, okay, you go to a Christian business, and what does that actually mean? You learn to expect less. <laughs> well, they mm-hmm. love God, therefore you have to deal with a suboptimal business. And I think we would both say, that's baloney. Mm-hmm. If anything, we because we love God and want to glorify God, it should be even better. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about Adam's friction audit is like, let's figure out in whatever business, whether you be a plumber, home health care, whatever it is that you do, figure out the friction that's happening in the business and let's try to get rid of that friction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing I liked in terms of business I was pondering was he talked a lot about uh, a concept in the book called hardship inoculation. Mm-hmm. Explain that. So is I, it, my, my terms won't be as articulate as he was, but um, this basic idea that um, by exposing yourself to hardship, um, th- this idea of exposure therapy. So if you're, if you're, um, you know, if you don't like heat, spend time more time in the heat. If you don't like cold, spend more time in the cold. And and, and, and like to, or if you're going to have to spend, you know, a lot of time in the cold, go into colder temperatures so that the cold temperature doesn't feel as bad because you've been worse, right? And running is the same thing, right? Where you hit different speeds, more different heart rate levels. I mean, these are all exposure therapy for, mm-hmm. for adaptation and improvement, right? I mean, this is basically what it is. Um, he talked about the, um, uh, well, there's another part. He talked about this one. I didn't actually, couldn't articulate very well, but the illusion of explanatory depth, that was also very interesting. And so, sort of these big terms that I was struggling with, but all, all sort of in this chapter, the question I was kind of left with was, it might be one thing for, uh, an ambitious business leader, mm-hmm. many people who listen to this podcast to do that. How do you build that into a work and business culture though? Like, how do you help a whole business feel 
and, and go through this hardship inoculation such that the, the company, and, and when it's under stress, feels less so under stress because you're sort of create these um, almost fake crises or almost fake hardship, not fake, but for the purposes of training, like training your business and your culture in hardship in ways that don't just drive people bonkers and send them out the door. Well, I do create fake hardship okay. in my business. Yeah. And the reason why I do it is it it, it really works well. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get, I'm going to give two examples. At our store, we, we actually have a very hard end of month. Now, what's the difference between April 30th and May 1st? It's just a day. Nothing mysteriously happens. But we have these fake end of months. Here's our numbers that we're going to try to hit. Now, I run the company. I get to choose that. But some people would say, oh, that's, that's a hardship. We've created that. But what it does is it creates a really hard push mm-hmm. to make the numbers look as good as they can for that specific time period. Mm-hmm. And we've created it. Is it fake? Kind of. But it really works because there's an ebb and flow to things. Yeah. Uh, we're told to work six days and rest on the seventh. Well, what's the difference between Saturday and Sunday versus just a day? What what I'm mean, in, in, in there's a definite rhythm. We're meant meant for a rhythm, and because I know rhythm, we'll kind of create these soft goals that right. we do in our business. Yeah, and so you're talking about in, in these rhythms. There's there's a there's an easy part to the rhythm, but there's mm-hmm. got that means they're also equal and opposite. It has to be some sort of very trying or difficult aspect to the rhythm. Absolutely. Um, and now I'm I'm talking about a hardship that I create leading a business. For this, a purpose. This is for, for a purpose. purpose. Now yeah. this is mm-hmm. different than sometimes hardships just happen and you have to learn to go through them. Mm-hmm. And we've talked several times on the podcast, well what happens when the business climate changes or something like that happens? Well that that's a different kind of hardship. It's a different kind of hardship, but I think the point is by forcing your company and your culture to go through more rhythmic or or predictable or at least you control even if the people in the company don't feel as in control hardships they are actually able to respond better to those unpredictable yeah. hardships even though they are slightly different because yeah, i assume we're guaranteed obstacles would you rather know when the obstacles are coming up or mm-hmm. would you rather just like sometime between now and three months from now you're going to get nailed right you'd be like can you Tell me when it's going to be. You're going to do much, much better because you know when that deadline is. Right. And I think that's kind of what he, um, let's try to predict our hardships and get our team members used to them if we can. Well, we know they're going to come. And connecting back to our book a couple times ago, Craig Rochelle's book, Power to Change, one of the things he said similar to that I liked was we all face pain in life. Mm-hmm. And habits is a way for you to choose your own pain. You get to choose your pain or you don't get to choose your pain. And it's... <laughs> Up to you. Now, also in, in, in along that, in terms of exposure therapy, when I'm coaching with individuals, and you know, people don't ran, typically, unless they're really, really smart, choose to go to a business coach unless something has happened. But one of the things, once I've coached with people long enough, I am looking at their problems. Mm-hmm. If people are growing, your problems should be getting bigger, and that's a sign of a great leader or a great business. Now, if you say you've gone from hey, uh, I was having a hard time eating payroll and now I can't decide what kind of gum do I choose at the store. I'm like, okay, something's not working because your 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 problems are getting much, much easier instead easier. of harder. You said, hey, it was really hard for me to have a $3,000 payroll and now our company's payroll is $100,000. I'd say, hey, Josh, you're doing great. Yeah. Look at how big your problems are. Right. 
Yeah, well, I think also in our, again, American culture for businesses, I think the other thing opposite of hardship inoculation, though, to your point about Sabbath rest, is I think as business leaders we have to both set a discipline and we need to help our people turn stuff off and get rest too, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think so many times people are never away from their phones or never away from screens. There's all this research we could talk about. We don't need to rehash it all here. But, you know, again, several books back, How to Calm Your Mind and all the evidence that suggests the anxiety level of people, or as you and I have talked about with another friend recently, the fragility of the workforce is such that um, we've got to figure out how to help people also recover well so there's the working hard there's the workout there's the hardship inoculation and but then there's got to be proper recovery so that your body and your mind can adapt and i think so many times we definitely forget that piece now in the in his book anatomy of a breakthrough he has an entire this is under the category heart he has an entire chapter called failing well Mm -hmm. i absolutely love this Mm -hmm. because all too often like oh you failed at something and it's my perfectionist out there some people have a really hard time failing mm-hmm. i love absolutely love failure why would i say that why do i like failure in business i think it shows you how to get better absolutely i mean it's yeah study after study after study the biggest growth points are typically after failure mm-hmm. if it doesn't kill you right if i if in air quotes yeah 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 yeah, but failure is great. So, what does it look like for a business to fail well? Well, I mean, all these things start with the CEO, right? I mean, <clears throat> CEO, business owner. Every everything sits at that apex of the org chart, you know. And the way they handle it is gonna, you know, they're gonna, the way they handle it interpersonally, the way they handle it culturally, the way they handle what words they use, what what they don't say, how they would acknowledge it, how they deal with it, how they lead through it right whether it's big or small um usually has a enormous impact on how everybody else is going to deal with it. i mean it's always comes about i mean unfortunately that so much sits at that seat it's uh it's tough to get around it now what and he ends the book on failing uh, ends the chapter on failing well he says mastering your emotional response mm-hmm. to friction is critical but tampering your anxiety is just the first step in getting unstuck. So what I see, and, and this is more the coaching side of dealing with leaders who have failed. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's nothing wrong with having an, an anxiety-ridden response. But what you don't want to do is, I'm going to fail and I'm going to sell the business tomorrow for 10% of what it's actually worth and I'm just going to give up. That would not be failing well. No, It would be, hey, let's look at this. Yeah, do get mad in a healthy way, kind of let it get under you, then Sabbath, recover, hit it again on Monday and say, what do we need to do to fix the next step? Right. What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it. I think it's, you're spot on. You know, it's important to um, see failure not as a negative, but more as a stepping stone to what's possible. I mean, it's also just turning it around the way we look at it, right? It's It's not... It happens, mm-hmm. right? And, and how do you find the positive in it, right? And sort of 
view it. I mean, you get, you get to see it differently and then come at it differently. And, and next week's episode is on life application, mm-hmm. but this failing well gets into the sure. life application. And as a Christian, I see it, you know, if God wanted to give us something, he would just give it to something. He can speak into existence and bam, we would have it. Well, why does he not? Well, you read the New Testament. We're to glorify God and enjoy him, but also he is sanctifying us in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, you know, as iron sharpens iron, we're getting sharper and sharper and sharper going through trials and business is an example for that to happen. Sure. Well, I, and, yeah. Failure refines you as a leader, refines you as a person of faith for sure. Um, and how we deal with that is uh, is always challenging for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And my, my favorite leaders, I love old leaders who have preferably led a number of different businesses they have some of the best stories in the world because i guarantee you know if you if you you find find an old person that has led 30 plus years and just say hey tell me some of your failures or what do you learn from and they have some epic stories Mm -hmm. absolutely epic stories and Mm -hmm. like oh and here i'm worried about this they went through things 10 times as large yeah but they learned to fail well and they kind of figured out well this is what this is how you get through it. Well, not only do you get through it, but I think the more I've been studying people who are successful, it's funny how much they might get sort of like reach some level of worldly success. But when you learn their story, they're usually, you know, either from humble beginnings or faced failure or rejection over and over and over dozens of times. You, and you don't see that part of the story. You don't live it with them. Right. And so I think that's part of what he talks about in the book is just keep going, keep going, right. Keep Don't, don't let failure be, your off ramp to stop trying, even if you have to pivot and change what you're doing wisely, you should you know keep going and learning from the failures because mm-hmm. if you don't, you actually might just be only a step or two from success, right? And that's the biggest encouragement. So the the book is divided into four sections, and what you know we're talking about the emotional side. It falls into the part of the book of the heart. But then he goes into the head. Mm-hmm. And I, from a coaching standpoint, it's really funny. I, I, I shouldn't call it funny, more ironic. People tend to either go into the heart side or the head side. Mm-hmm. But after the heart side, as he's talking about it, he jumps into the head. You know, And this is where we, we were talking about friction, friction audits, um, recombination and pivoting. So from a consulting side, the head side is where you really, really shine. What, what do other businesses need to be looking at in terms of, you know, in applying this book when you jump in there, hey, what should they be looking at? Sure. Um, well, I think um, what well, I think one, I think this was in the head section, but there was this whole concept we talked with Adam a little bit about the whole idea of um, non-redundancy, mm-hmm. right? And we talked with him about the show of Doctor Who and how uh, in Doctor Who, long-running TV show, I didn't even know much about it. I didn't realize it's been on since the 70s. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 70s? It's, it's so. old. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's 60s. But um, anyhow, and how they actually kept, with some predictable cadence, turning over their creative talent because too much redundancy there would cause problems, right? Um, in terms of creativity, right? Infusing the group or, or intentionally pulling in sort of industry rejects, I think what he called black sheep, intentionally throwing them into the mix to drive a creative mm-hmm. expression. Um, and I think... You know, in my mind, I think this is this is that idea of like, how do you? Um, there's certainly types of people in an organization who come in and they're fresh and they bring new ideas and energy, but then there's also people who stay forever, and there's some of those who are valuable, and then there's others who've been there too long, right? So, 
I thought that was interesting, this idea of non-redundancy to the head part, I think, is in there. And I think um, it's certainly something for CEOs to think about, like, how do they keep people off balance enough mm-hmm. that they're still being creative, but not so much that you're rocking the boat and, and screwing up your culture. And it's probably always a dance a bit to figure that one out. But um, I think that concept is certainly worth exploring with the leadership team, depending on the nature of your business and how creative you are or are not in your business is going to matter a lot, right? Like you don't, um, like I was at an insurance company and yeah, health plan payer, and they're not the most creative types and you don't really want actuaries being creative with the numbers. So that's maybe not the place to infuse a lot mm-hmm. of creativity, <laughs> but um, maybe other parts of the business would be. Um, so I think there's just some, some thought, but anyhow, that concept would be worth exploring amongst a leadership team around non-redundancy and how they're thinking about their talent and the application of other resources. I, I, I love the idea of a block sheet, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's hard because a lot of people, if you tend to be more on the bent of being conservative, mm-hmm. even saying the term black sheep will cause your um, blood pressure to rise. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, there there are good black sheep and there are bad black sheep. Mm-hmm. You don't want the black sheep that's going to take you out. And, you know, bad scripture talks about certain black sheep. Um, but what we want is someone who buys into the culture, mm-hmm. but also thinks differently. Mm-hmm. And there's the way of, uh, arguing very, very well, and I think this is the base level, you still have to have trust. Mm-hmm. So as long as you have trust, it's really, really great. Uh, within the last couple of years at our company, we had to, we have a brand new COO. He's much, much different than we've ever had before, but there's a base level of trust, and he thinks really, really well, and he's really shaken a lot of things up, some on the good side, and mm-hmm. you know, I would say 80% positive, mm-hmm. but you can't shake everything up and no one hits a hundred percent. Right, 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 right. And but we've learned to, you know, he's learned to work with us. We've learned to work with him. And for our company, it's really, really helped well. And I think the reason why you have that base level of trust. So I would say yes, let's shake things up. But at the same time, make sure there's always the underlying area of trust. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Well, good. What do we got for next week? Next week, life application. Awesome. We got into it a little bit. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. Well at there's the same a lot time. here for that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, as we apply this to our life, mm-hmm. how can we look at the anatomy of what life transformation looks like? Even mm-hmm. though he's talking about business here, there's a right. lot of o- overarching oh, sure. concepts. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Good. But until then, hey, go into the show notes, go buy the book, Anatomy of a Breakthrough by Adam Alter. The dude is really, really brilliant. And it's well worth the read. Uh, also, uh, check us out on the consultantofthecoach.com or wherever you're listening to this. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. But until next week, life application of anatomy of a breakthrough. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.